Glad you could join us for episode 95 of Fadeless. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we reach the halfway point of Lost Girls' final season, Wayne. Yeah, um, here we are, halfway done, eight in. Uh, you know what? So far, it's, uh, I don't know, I guess I'll save most comments for the thing, but uh, it's been a pretty crazy half a season for sure. A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. And, and by crazy, I think you mean crazy good. So, um, well, anyway, we'd love to hear from you, the listeners, via email at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com, website at fatalist.podbean.com, where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab. You can also record your own audio clip, send the MP3 as an attachment, or just tweet us at Dave underscore and underscore Wayne. But as I keep telling you, it's probably easier. Just Google Fatalist Twitter and the link will come up. All right. Tonight, we're here to talk about season five, episode eight of Lost Girl, starring Anna Silk, Chris Holden Reed, Zoe Palmer, and my favorite, Rachel Scarston. But before we go but too how far, much longer Wayne, will it be your favorite, Rachel Yeah, Scarston? good point. Good point. But uh, before we go too much further we got some listener feedback uh davia archibald says via twitter we just finished listening loved all the questions you raised the show can go anywhere i really like all the project x greek information made uh, me appreciate you. the ebony story much more so yeah and like we were saying before we started recording there's so much greek mythology that we could talk about we'd never get to the episode yeah we'd probably have to have like a separate podcast like you know lost girl greek mythology and stuff so exactly we won't do that but anyway, Davia also sent us an email commenting that with this last episode, I'm starting to trust Lauren less and less. She's playing everyone, yet no one is suspicious of her. I don't think this is a serum to turn Ebony back to Faye, and I don't think she's trying to develop one. Everyone in the gang is trying to protect her while she seems to have the most power. Can she make Bo human and solve all of Bo's Faye problems? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's obviously something that I've brought up a few times about what serum are we talking about, to turn Faye or to turn human? And she, she brings up the, the point that making Bo human, which I never really thought about. Uh, I haven't really thought about that either. That's a possibility, though. I mean, especially with as everything is, I mean, stuff is just like crazy right now. And like, as she said in the Twitter, um, the show can go anywhere. It literally can. So uh, what they're going to do with the last eight is anyone's guess. I hope they don't do that. I think that would really be the wrong approach, from my opinion. You know, with what? That, to make Lauren the baddie? To make Bo human. Oh, make Bo human. Right, right, right. You know, we'll see. It certainly opens up another line of possible storytelling, so we'll see. All right, now Dawn writes in, I feel your podcasts are very biased against Lauren and that you're always eager to blame her for things unfairly. When you said who started this fight between her and Ebony, you're inferring that it was Lauren when in actuality it was Ebony that started it by threatening Bo's life. So, of course, she's going to do whatever it takes to protect the love of her life. Now, to be fair, Dawn, it's probably me more than Wayne that's uh, and biased against Lauren. I don't know if I'm biased against her. I mean, I'm just looking at it from a story that's being told, a piece of fiction. I mean, I love Zoe Palmer. The actress has nothing to do with that. I just think that some of the situations the writers have placed Lauren in just don't ring true with me. And as I've said many times, and I'll probably mention it in the course of the podcast tonight, when we look at the Faye, particularly the dark Faye, that they would let Lauren live or certainly walk about freely knowing that she has the power to turn them human. I don't know about that. So, um, I mean, I get that she's going to do whatever it takes, but, but I mean, I certainly understand where you're coming from, uh, because I'm not, uh, I'm not a big Lauren fan. I mean, I like her. Okay. But at the end of the day, she's right. not my favorite character. And I mean, we can see that from those last two emails that there there's this kind of conflict out there. I mean, there's people, I guess it's probably been, I mean, I think Lauren's just kind of this polarizing character where there's people who are like, obviously she has a considerable fan base and lots of people who really like Lauren and, and that's cool. And then of course there's other people out there who have been distrustful of her from the beginning. Um, as far as Lauren, I mean, does Lauren have, ulterior motives well sure i mean obviously and they, they've set her up as 
being someone who with, has a, I guess, a checkered past, I guess we could say. Um, and so she does have ulterior motives. Are those ulterior motives bad? Now, that's where I think, no. You know, I think ultimately she's going to be yeah, like a good guy and, and uh, probably, I imagine, uh, she and Bo are going to end up together at the end of this whole thing. But uh, yeah, but she's definitely, you know, got she's she's kind of shifty. I think probably what a lot of people the problem with her is she is kind of a little sketchy, right? Like, the, yeah, because like, she's there is this hidden stuff. And even the last episode, she told Bo, "Yeah, I'm, I've got things going on. I'm, I'm doing it for me, not for her." You know, but instead, well, what are you doing? You know, so the whole thing, like this whole hidden agenda, which though we probably assume that her ulterior motives are ultimately good and to going to be the help though still having that hidden agenda and it's, it's kind of like what you know, probably makes people a little uncomfortable with her as a character yeah and, and i'm going to have a little mini rant in a minute that kind of addresses that as well um have so, you not well, already that wasn't it uh, no no well, oh I okay think, i didn't think that was a rant no I, I, you know, <laughs> so all right and then once again we'd like to thank listeners for favoriting and retweeting fatalist paul hanlon Totally Palmerized, Silk Sight, Zoe Palmer fan, Captain Canuck, and Calzona 75, just to mention a few. And, you know, we definitely really appreciate it, guys. So keep them coming. Yeah, and those so, are some awesome handles, too, by the way. Just want yeah, to say. no question. So, all right, you got a little bit for us in Project X tonight? I do, if I can find it. All right, here we go. All right, so a couple things. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the overall big uh, mythology, and I think we saw, see some more of that conflict between Hera and Zeus in this episode. But a couple of things I've noticed was one was the I think they called the Amethysto dagger, yeah. Which I tried to find that and couldn't really. But there was a tomb at the end of the 19th century. There was a tomb in Amethyst Cyprus that had a lot of Phoenician relics in there from the eighth to seventh century BC or BCE, whichever way you go. And so they found like a part of a bowl and that's at the British Museum, a, a shield boss, like the center part of a shield, which is also at the British Museum, and a rusty knife. And so I kind of think, because that was it, right? This old rusty knife. So I'm thinking, oh, it must be the, the knife from this dig that they, they found. Uh, because that's the one thing. I, I found a, could find a picture of the bowl, I could find a picture of the shield, but I couldn't find a picture of the knife. And it's clearly because the Fae have it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, so these things in there showed that the Phoenicians uh, were, because they had like Greek, not, not Greek, I'm sorry, Egyptian, uh, like kind of deities embossed in the shield and on the bowl, it kind of shows this level of trade that was occurring a couple, almost a thousand years uh, before Rome uh, appeared. Uh, you know, there's this trade, very vivid trade going along the, the um, Mediterranean coast. Also, if we look at this, some of the things we said, we had Alexander the Fay, right? His finger, which I guess was supposed to be Alexander the Great. And now this Phoenician knife and kind of these very old, old, old gods from even that predate uh, the, the Greeks, right? Because Greek civilization was just coming into, which is basically coming out of its dark ages around the 8th century BC. And this apparently uh, is is either either predates it slightly or is about the same time as Greece really just starting to come out of that dark ages. So um, and well before classical Greece, probably like three four hundred years before classical Greece. So you know this is some really old stuff that this dagger she picks. I mean I think that's relevant, right? That it's yeah. kind of indicative of these older deities, even older than the Greek gods. So yeah. I don't know if that's significant or not. Um, certainly a Hellenistic bent to this season, as you mentioned before. And along with that Hellenistic bent is the Aegis shield. Uh, and this is an actual, well, not an actual thing, but it's an actual big part of Greek mythology. In the Iliad, uh, Athena bears this shield. It's layered in gold, has um, tassels coming off of it in some Times it's like serpents are the tassels coming off of it, and in the middle is the head of a gorgon. And Talto sent us that uh, the enhanced uh, thing for Lost Girl, and saying how that there is a gorgon's head in the middle of the shield on the wall in the episode, and that totally is in line with what's going on in Greek mythology. And you would know that because I remembered to send you the link this week. You did finally, yes, thank you. Only, for only because Taltos reminded me to send it to you. Right. Well, thank you, Taltos. She's she's doing your job for you. I, I, know, I, I would I say know. I suspect that Taltos is actually your wife. This I'm starting to think. So we'll see. I don't know. 
Euripides has the aegis as actual skin of a gorgon. So it's not a shield, but it's his protective skin that Athena wears and everything. Um, but really, basically, almost all the ancient cultures of Europe and the Mediterranean uh, peninsula or area have some kind of concept of this supernatural protective device being wielded by a fearsome, powerful god, you know, uh, and so it's just this kind of culturally universal type thing. Um, in English today, the word aegis means protection, which makes sense when you think about it. So in other words, you could say, we traveled throughout the country under the aegis of the royal seal, right? So if you're under the protection, and it's always used in that connotation of under the aegis of something and everything. So there's your SAT word of the day. All right. And that's all it. Right. That's, all, all right. that's all I got. All right. Sounds good. Well, we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 8, End of Phase, which is also the mid-season finale, uh, written by Lee Lukens and Lauren Gosnell, directed by Ron Murphy, and it aired on January 25th, 2015. All right, Wayne, here's my mini rant. Here we go. All right. Why can't the writers and showrunners just shut the hell up and let the work speak for itself? Now, you know, at first this was directed at Lost Girl, which is a show I love, and then this morning I read two other articles about Agent Carter was one and, and now the other one's just, you know, I, I can't remember it. But I love the show, but I'm really getting turned off by reveals via interviews, social media that's coming from the show itself. I mean, it's as if they feel the need to reassure the audience that afraid they'll stop watching unless it gets what it wants. And I don't know about you. I don't want anything. I'm happy to just sit back and watch what unfolds. Yeah, that's why I, I stay away from all that. I, you know, that's why I don't read any of that stuff about the shows because I don't want any kind of spoilers at all. I don't want any kind of reveals at all. I just want to watch the show and enjoy it as it it's, as it comes at me. Well, and you know, again, um, I don't mean this to be a slight against Lauren, and and I mean I don't have a yeah you know, a. a dog in this fight but the most recent one i read came from the showrunner about this most recent episode and the lauren bow relationship that they're back together you, why are you telling me that what i saw what was happening in the episode why can't you just leave it at that and let me watch how their relationship unfolds why did you have to tell me i i, I don't know all right i'm gonna stop there yeah no i i got you and you know, and I agree that it's crazy how many spoilers people put out there, um, and even like kind of reverse spoilers. So like the whole Doctor Who thing, putting out the like the rumor that Jen Louise Coleman was leaving. So you're watching that Christmas episode, thinking, oh, this is her last episode and everything. And then at the end, the big reveal, oh, well, she's going to be back for next season. So like basically, they're just messing with people's minds, you know. Um, so I just try to stay away from the spoilers altogether. Yeah, I do too, but sometimes it just yeah. they get they get just, me. Just can't help seeing them. All right, now the episode opens and we're at the clubhouse. Tamson has packed and is preparing to leave while Bo's trying to talk her out of it. Though I don't know about you, Wayne, it didn't seem like Bo was really trying all that hard. No, it's kind of like wait, no, don't go. All right, yeah. Now on the other hand, Tamson has finally come to terms with the reality of the situation, which is that Bo loves Lauren. And while she might love Tamsin, it's clearly in a much different non-romantic way. And and obviously, that's not what Tamsin wanted. Now, uh, given... Right, well, but from Bo's point of view, you can see, like, this was way more intense than she ever wanted it to be. You know? Yeah, no question. And we've seen clues there. But given the fear of what's to come from the ancients, shouldn't Bo have tried a little harder to get Tamsin to stay as part of the army? Because... I mean, she is pretty powerful, and it is what it is. And well, she now, tried to play that card. You know, she's like, you're part of the team. You know, like, not just, you know, she, she can't, if she wanted her to stay, she probably could have lied and said, okay, you know what, Lauren means nothing to me. I'm really into you. Please stay, and we'll work this out, you know, or something like that. But that obviously would be a lie. So she tried to play the, hey, you're, you're part of this team. You know, e even though we're broken up, it's still... You know, you're still part of this family, and uh, and she's just not having it. Yeah. Now, as she's leaving, Tamsin pulls the envelope out of her bag, gives it to Bo, which obviously turns out to be the invitation. 
And then the line, I lost Kenzie, I don't want to lose you, which seems kind of disingenuous to me. I mean, to equate Kenzie and the relationship she and Bo had with Tamsin, uh, it's night and day. Right. Again, I think she's just grabbing at straws by that point, just trying to think of anything she could say to get uh, Tamsin to stay. Okay. All right. So we get a look at the invitation. Come join us for a gathering. Libations and fun. Dress to impress or you'll be turned away. And and at that point, we really don't know who's giving the invitation. Well, except for the Triskillian on oh, right. the, Good the seal. Right. That's right. a little bit of a hint there. Yeah. Uh, now, we're at the doll. Bo, Dyson, Trick, Lauren, and Mark have received invites as well, but not Vex. Yeah. And Lauren gets one. Like, what's up with that, right? Well, Lauren gets one, and apparently Ebony did not. Oh, Ebony wasn't there, right? No. Yeah. Huh. So, obviously, if you use the tack that, well, she didn't get it because she's human, well, they even make the reference that there are a lot of Faye at this party, which also implies that there are, you know, more than just Lauren representing the human race. Right. So, what's the deal with Ebony? She wasn't there either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well... They plan to attend. Bo ties this into her father, who's she, who she's convinced is involved. And then she brings up that thing that he said, the greatest evil is the greatest mercy. And obviously we hear uh, him say it at the end of the episode as well. And, and then Bo mentions that mythology states even the ancients have an Achilles heel. So, you know, obviously now we're, we're looking at, all right, what's their weakness? How can we bring them down? Right, and that's like just piling illusion on top of illusion there too, you know. Like that is nicely done. Yeah, but you know, the other thing is that what struck me in this episode was how weak the ancients, particularly Hera, were acting. Particularly Hera. What about Zeus at the end, man? Well, I, I, like, I understand I understand man, that, but just like this big all powerful god turned to whiner. Uh yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. That 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 the the, the gods. There's, but but that's the thing, right? They're not like the humans perceive them as gods. What they really are, just really powerful fae, right? Yeah, but they're really powerful. Yeah, <laughs> the ancients, right. anyway. Right, but in the end, still just just a fae. All right. Well, listen, right. our crew cleans up very nicely. Uh, dressed in evening wear, they go to the home of the ancients who are hosting the party. And I'm telling you, every gown that the three women were wearing, I'm not sure which one I, well, I, of course, I like Tamsin's the most, but I mean, they were all beautiful. I mean, just gorgeous. Yeah, I like Lauren's kind of classical Greek type gown and everything. So it was good. Yeah, yeah. And Bose. And then, of course, yeah, heck, Dyson uh, looked pretty, pretty snappy there in his tux as well. Yeah. Um, now I, I love Dyson going over the instructions with Mark and clearly the, you know, phase one of his training, but you know, what really struck me in this episode and, and, you know, look, we've had four and a half seasons worth of does Dyson love Bo? Does Bo love Dyson? What's Dyson's role? Uh, but you know, it's clear at this point that if not forget the relationships, he's the field general. Okay. I mean, Bo might be the Supreme commander. But he's the one that that kind of sets these things into motion and makes them happen, which I don't know really struck me in this episode. Well, yeah, and the all the instructions to Mark and, and everything, like you know, they're going back like it's a police investigation on this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and of course that's that's right up his alley, and so his training as a policeman really kind of comes in handy in in this, this kind of situation. Right, but also even Lauren asks, are, are we considering that this might be a trap? And, and Bo kind of ignores her, but, but she's really right. You have to look at it that way. So on the, on the other hand, it's as if they are going into battle. The lights are out, and nice touch. It turns out to be a surprise party for Bo. What, what was with all the black balloons? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, I, I, I've never been to a party that had that, and so I don't know. But I, I think the whole motif was like you know the guys were, like his black and white colors, pretty much all the guests, right? Yeah, but I didn't see any white balloons. Maybe I missed them, but yeah, anyway. no, I didn't either. But anyway, but also this is the point at which it says Eric Roberts' name comes up as one of the co-stars. You're like, yes, yeah, still wondering. What his role is going to exactly, be. Exactly, but just to see. Now, 
had had you 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 told that before, right? That you had, yeah. Okay, right. So I mean, we knew he was going to be on, and it was uh, you know, you're, you're, it's it's just again one of those things you're waiting for. When are we going to see him? When are we going to see him? And now, bam, we're like, all right, here it is. Here's where Eric Roberts is. Yeah. Well, you know, we we've got pretty much two stories. I mean, a- attending the ancients party and and Bo's attempt to stop their plan, whatever it might be. But then the the other thing we, we saw a lot about Iris. And what she was all about. So uh, I, what I'd like to do is kind of talk about her for a second, the role of Iris. And, and one thing I did uh, come across is that Iris is the messenger of the gods right? A- and links the gods to humanity. Her father, Iris, was god of the sea until he was overthrown by Poseidon. So obviously a lot of the implication of this episode revolves around Iris and her potential power. But I guess we're going to have to wait for episode nine, right? But I mean, you know, we do see that you know what this all these apocalyptic visions that people have been having uh, that we always assumed was either Zeus or Hades. Well, now it's it's not that we see it's Iris, and they kind of by trying to thwart Zeus and or Hades they kind of have inadvertently released Iris into the world by having her come in contact with Mark, who tells her, you got to do what you want to do and not just listen to your parents and everything. And she says, well, I'm going to go out and do what I want to do. And it turns out what she wants to do is kind of destroy the world. Though, again, she doesn't necessarily want to do that, but that's what's happening, right? Right. We we don't know the motivation yet, but... Uh, I mean, at this point that we see her first, she's in her bedroom preparing for the party and, and Hera's manipulating her. And at the time, we didn't get that he was threatening her with restraints because we see that later when uh, uh, Lauren and Tamsin, I believe it's the, noticed the restraints next to her bed. But he then acknowledges and, and um, you know, the whole he, she, when we're talking about Hera and Zeus, will get gets kind right. of, kinds of crazy, but acknowledges how proud Zeus is of Iris. I can't wait till everyone sees how special you are, which to me kind of echoed back to what we've been hearing about Bo for four and a half seasons, you know, about how special you are. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, but, but yeah, well, in this idea of some kind of, you know, hidden power inside of you and, and the same thing with Bo, right? That she maybe even still has not even realized her full potential. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she seems kind of a shell of herself and, and at the party, Mark finds her out on the balcony. Now we do know that Dyson told him, you need to go track her down, connect with her and see what you can find out about her parents. But he asks her why she's so sad. And I think part of the conflict that Mark's feeling is I think he really does like her, you know, and and he is young, he's naive. This is his first, uh, I'm making finger quotes, battle. So, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, He seemed kind of genuine to me. Yeah, I I think he's completely genuine, you know, and he didn't have any kind of hidden agenda or anything. It's just what he really believes. Remember, he was on his own for so long that... You know, he's you know, very much into doing his own thing, doing what he wants. And so when he sees Iris, who, who whom he's attracted to in the first place, and then sees her as being kind of confined and that like kind of prickles with him. And so naturally enough, he's going to be like, dude, you got to get out of here. And like with a genuine desire to help, not for any kind of like, and at first I thought she was working some kind of hidden agenda as well. But I think it's, you know, on the other hand that she also is just genuinely into this guy and she wants to be with him. And, you know, like any, even though she's not a teenager, I mean, she's a, you know, has been around for millennia. Um, she's, as we said before, acting very much like a teenager. Right. I mean, she says that thing, did you ever wish you could fall asleep and wake up a whole new person? And, and it kind of the irony is she t- even tells Mark that she still has Cece, you know, the, her host in inside her, that she was supposed to kill her, but and don't tell my parents that I didn't. So like when you said she's not a teenager, but she does still have some elements, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And she wants to hold on to that bit of humanity as well. 
Right. And, and, you know, part of their conversation revolves around, you know, as you kind of alluded to, both of them standing on their own two feet and shocking teenagers wanting to have some independence. And, you know, he says, look, we may share DNA, but Dyson's not my boss. Yeah. And, and he's not. And that's, he's not trying to be his boss. You know, Mark, that's, I, at first I thought Mark was going to completely go down that road again where he was just whining about Dyson saying, oh, you're, you know, saying you're a bitch and everything like that. When, you know, Dyson's just trying to help him out and just trying to show how to make it in the world as a regular citizen and not as some someone wandering, a vagrant wandering from one place to another, never having relationships, never staying in one place. Um, never, you know, it's like, here's how you can get along in the, the world kind of normally. Yeah. And, and I like that aspect of how it's changing that, that Mark has now, right. Dyson's not his boss. He's his mentor. Right. Now she perks up saying there's a place she's always wanted to show Mark. And it turns out obviously to be the home of Cece, right? Again, her vessel. And well, not obviously, because didn't at first, didn't you think it was like the the place where they originally were when we like first saw, because we never really saw, we always saw the ancients like in a room, right? Right. And I guess I just kind of assumed that she was going to take him back to wherever that first place was that we saw them all together. Right. No, I didn't mean to to imply that that when the scene first arrived. No, I didn't put that together. I'm just saying in retrospect, we you know we learned that later. Oh yeah, it totally makes sense in retrospect, right? Yeah. So obviously they have sex, and then uh, Mark goes to the kitchen, and that's when he sees the photos of Iris's vessel, Cece, on the refrigerator, and then he's like, he's pretty freaked out. You know, why did you bring me here? And like we said, she's retained some of Cece's personality as well. She was supposed to kill mine, don't tell Z and Hera. And and Mark instinctively knows this is just not right. So. Yeah, you think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> Yeah, but um, even Mark is like who who's maybe not necessarily the quickest on the uptake, but you know, he, he yeah, he pretty much right away knows that wait, this is this is really this is bad, bad. Well, and he is new to all of this Fay business. So you, again, like, but like you said, he just knew. Now, speaking of knowing, we we knew that somebody was going to show up there. The husband and wife return home, and she tries to convince her father that she's alive. It doesn't take him long to tell her, you're not my daughter. And then, really, a poignant scene. It's like, well, why don't you love me? Does your heart not work? And I expected her to bring her hand out and actually be holding his heart but yeah it's kind of pulling for that but but no yeah. i guess she just crushed it and and yeah. kills him and, and again mark is horrified again and it it's then that he makes that connection that this is not the first time she's killed right and, and he tries to bring up that that hera and z are using you they said it's all going to end they're all going to wake up this is what that means mark Everything that ends is going to start again. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, uh, just some kind of, well, again, like an apocalypse, you know, wipe out this world and start a new one. Okay. Kind of like the, the Great Flood or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah just, I, just kind of like, I just need to comment on the goofiness of this scene altogether. And like, it's just, it's just like random, right? Like the guy comes home and there's his dead daughter right there. And, like, I don't know, I personally would be like, you know, do not haunt me any more ghosts, like be gone or something, sure. you know? Right. Like, and then, and then the, the wife coming in at the end of it, like where, where was she this whole time? She just like comes out of nowhere and like stabs Mark. It's like, what? Like, it was well, just a really goofy scene. Like, it, I know it was supposed to be like super dramatic, but it, it ended up like, there's just like too much going on and then the wife coming in just i don't know well i mean some of it was and some of it wasn't i agree with you you know but that and we still don't know what the deal with that bracelet is that that hera makes her wear but uh mark tells her to leave he'll deal with the body and the wife comes in and just plunges that knife into mark's chest yeah all right so straight out of like you know god from machine or something like that but as far as the brace i mean it's just kind of like I guess, a, like, kind of like restraining bolt, you know? And, and actually, this is something I, I forgot about this when I was looking up the, the Aegis. Um, Wonder Woman, her bracelets 
are made out especially be from the Aegis, I guess. Oh. I don't know if they were thinking about Wonder Woman when they made the bracelet here, but it seems like this kind of like some kind of like restraining thing that holds her in check. And once she takes it off, then she's like out of control. Mm. All right. Well, obviously she's left the, the home. We find her sitting in a park and we realize that anything she touches turns to ash. Like we see her with the flower, then the policeman comes over. Bo finds her sitting there and that even though Iris tells her repeatedly not to touch her, of course she does. Yeah, no um, means no, Bo. Come on. Right. And then she says, I'm not supposed to make you sleep. Z needs you. And we still don't know what the whole plan is, but obviously the plan is not to eliminate Bo, or at least it wouldn't seem at this point. Right. And and uh, Zeus does point that out later saying, you know, I, I let you live. You know, I could have killed you, but I let you live is like some kind of reason why Bo should be kind of in her camp. Right. And, you know, Iris is lamenting the fact that she's hurting people. And then Bo relates that, you know, I had the same problem when I was younger. I didn't know what I was. And then Iris says, they make me do bad things. Bo touches her and then Bo's hand turns black. And it's then that she realizes it's not her father that's going to end the world, that it's Iris. And a uh, pretty big twist at that point. Yeah, that was that was definitely, I didn't see that one coming. No, and I'm still not sure exactly how it's going to play out, but hey, I like it like that. Well, uh, and I, right now I'm seeing it in the kind of um, Oedipal way where by trying to avoid something, you're actually causing it to happen, right? And it seems like right now by trying to, as I said before, by trying to stand up to Zeus and stop Zeus, what they've actually done is inadvertently release Iris upon the world. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to the party. Um, Lauren tests Bo's drink. Uh, I guess that's litmus paper. Right. And Bo replies, I forgot how much fun you are at parties, which, you know, at that point, I'm thinking, oh, that wasn't nice. Obviously, later in the episode, we, you know, we, we see that the two of them, ha, you know, do reconcile. But at that but, point, but I then was, again, though, see, like, like the science type people are like the best people to have parties with. They have like the most inventive parties and like the best concoctions and things like that. So, okay. you know, and and don't say any more; you'll give it away. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, like we said, there's a lot of fey in attendance, implying that the ancients have something planned and want an audience. Uh, we, we mentioned that Ebony's not in attendance, and and I think that's kind of a kind of a big deal, and, and I can't be an oversight. So I, I don't know if that's going to play out some other way later. Uh, but Lauren does have a plan. She's got an injection that she's going to give Hera to eliminate being able to you know uh, put the flies and and all of that that she did in the last episode. Right. Well, he. Right. Well, you okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, I just this this just kind of came to me as you said that because I realized, okay, wait. So Ebony and Vex are the only people we know who didn't get invitations here. What do they have in common? Oh, wait a second. They basically brought about the death of Eris, right? Yeah. So is this kind of like Zeus is you know, snubbing them because they forced him to kill Eros? Yeah, could be. I don't know. Hey. Yeah, it could be. Now, Mark asks why she can't just turn them human, and Lauren starts to go off on this scientific explanation, only to be cut off by Dyson. Yeah, okay, we got it. Now, again... Which is the downfall of going to parties with science people, because then they want to explain everything to you, and you're just like, wah, 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 wah. Right, right, but my, my point that I made earlier, you know, the Fae, at least the Dark, are ruthless, why is she still walking free? I, I don't get that. Um, Dyson then sends Mark to find Iris and learn about her parents, and obviously we talked about that. Now, Bo brings up to Lauren what happened between us during the blackout, and, and I really like the way this scene transpired. You know, Lauren gives Bo an out, but Bo's kind of vague. You know, there's always going to be a reason for us not to be together, and, and Lauren thinks that Bo's breaking up with her. But, of course, before they can sort it out, Bo notices that uh, Tamsin's there wearing the white dress and that, you know, there are other things she's got to attend to. So I like that, again, they're putting it out there and 
we're not sure. Lauren's not sure. Yeah, it is totally vague. And even later when Lauren says, like, whatever, like, yeah, or it's just like, what are you saying yeah to? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, well, it's just all like, you know. Well, we, like, know, we know what she's saying, but, right. then, but again, it's, it's does Bo at that point know what she's saying? You know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, like I the way basically Trans- kind of, you know, it's one of those things where it could really go either way. But, I mean, we're pretty sure that Bo is saying, I want to be with you. And then uh, Lauren later on says, well, I want to be with you too. I want to be together in a relationship. I think that's that's what they mean, but they never say it outright. Which and I love. When they're about to, as you said, they get interrupted. Right. My problem is just with the showrunners clarifying it. I don't want you to clarify it. All right. Anyway. Right. Um, all right. So Dyson approaches Hare at the party, injects him with Lauren's concoction, <laughs> and then when he mocks Alicia, Dyson punches him. So yeah. my question is. How powerful is Hera? Why no retaliation? Yeah. Well, I think part of what we're seeing here is that Hera and Zeus may be not so powerful as we thought, and really the one that's scary powerful is Iris, right? Okay. Well, I mean, we do see Zeus has quite a bit of power. I mean, certainly, you know, summoning the storms and lightning bolts, but uh, I was a little surprised that, that perhaps Hera's just not as powerful as, like you said, as we thought. Uh, I, I was really surprised by that, like really, really bad metaphor he has there. It's like every dog has his day. Then again, some dogs need to be neutered. And yeah. I, I know he's like talking about Hera, but he, kind of D is the dog, and so his metaphor is very awkward. Really, kind of. Oh, good, good point. I didn't catch that one. All yeah, right. it was just like I, I was just imagine if he had said that to me, I'd be like. Uh, what? What, what, what? what do you mean by that? So anyway. All right. Well, you know, we talked about Bo questioning Iris in their, her bedroom, even trying the suck you touch on her when Z walks in and acknowledges that she is, in fact, Amon Ra, Jupiter, Odin, you know me as Zeus. And Bo then makes that connection. Huh. You're my aunt. Yeah. So what kind are you? The cool kind that buys you condoms or the crazy aunt that ruins Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that had to be my favorite exchange in the whole episode. That was a really nice line. I like that, yeah. Yeah. Now, she does tell Bo, though, that Hades may have inspired this shindig, but let's get one thing straight. You and I are on the same team, which then goes back to what we were saying about Iris saying that you know she can't put Bo to sleep. Z needs her to do what? which again i love that we don't know you know we're getting all these clues yeah this whole thing that we're on the same team like uh you know i mean obviously there's that big question now right because before we just thought that zeus and the ancients were bad and so we were actually postulating that maybe hayes is the good guy but now after this episode well maybe hades really is just a super bad guy and Zeus is trying to stop him and because, you know, but then there's so much stuff about the ancients and Zeus as sketchy and everything that I really don't buy into the idea that they're um, any kind of force for good at all. So it's, it's really a lot of uh, kind of vagueness as far as that goes. Well, tell, she tells Bo that she's on a sinking ship and Z doesn't want to see her go down. So the sinking ship, the association with humans the colony of fey that she's involved with all of the above getting back to what you said wipe everything out and let's start over could be all right well one of the questions that comes up is what does bo's heart desire right you know what does she really want and as zeus tells her it's freedom from her father and Zeus tells Bo they have to stop Hades from using Bo to end the world. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm buying that. And 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 again, I, I like the fact that I'm not sure. But uh, I don't know. You yeah, know. No, I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like kind of what I said before. Like it. It doesn't really seem to add up exactly. You know, like well, Zeus's and, version of events. Well, and as storytelling, I mean, I'm still buying into your theory that at the end of the day, Hades is going to turn out to be a good guy. Right. So is Zeus just stringing Bo along? Is this all a long con? 
I think maybe, but yeah, I don't know. it seemed like. But then we really see Zeus as being kind of vulnerable and not necessarily this all powerful being as well, and so that kind of adds that wrinkle into it. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. You know, like I, actually seeing that Eric Roberts is Hades makes me start to think that well, maybe because he, he's kind of like the bad guy a lot of times, right? Oh, sure. So that casting call, like now, has made me kind of doubt my, you know, what, what I formerly thought. But um, and you know, it's not necessarily going to be. In fact, Bo might very well lump all the guys together as if they're all bad, no matter what. You know, they all have agendas uh, on their plate, and and that. Uh, sorry about that mixed metaphor there. But they all have their own hidden agendas. They all have things they want to do, and none of it's good. So I need to stop all of them. So yeah. it might be Bo against the lot, you know? Yeah. Now, as often is the case, Trick is the voice of reason. And when Bo tells him what Zeus said, he tells her she should stop and consider. But, of course, if, if there's anything we know about Bo, it's that she's impulsive. Now, she does take trick to see the punch ball replete with floating eyeballs yeah oh that was sweet and he recognizes it as the drink of prophecy uh z tells bo it's the only way to see the havoc that hades will wreak if they meaning bo and hades remain connected the longer you're connected the stronger he becomes and and again this is now the second time we've heard of a cockatiel right isn't that like a type of bird though uh yeah something like that it's a cockatoo, <laughs> a cockatoo co- right yeah, yeah i don't know but uh yeah. but obviously this drink's going to allow bo to see the future if hades carries out his plan right which you know the, here's the thing and again why people need to read more greek mythology and greek tragedy is that well just because you're being told the future doesn't like that doesn't mean cause and effect right like if you're told the future it's actually not necessarily a good thing because you're trying to prevent the future from happening might be the thing that actually makes it happen. So probably best just to stay away from all that future knowing prophecy stuff altogether, right? I think that's probably like the big lesson of Oedipus Rex. All right. Well, she drinks the cockatiel, and Trick does as well, and they see just people wiped out, the world in her hand gone black, and and then... um, how do we stop him? All right. Well, you know, we, we know the story of Hades, um, but we, we hear it again. Hades has been banished to the underworld for thousands of years. Uh, that little property of sticker is his ticket to the ground level. And she's referring to the handprint on Bo's shoulder. Right. That uh, gives him his power, mentions it's like an umbilical cord, and tells Bo, hey, it all depends on you. Tick tock. Time to divorce daddy. Right. Especially people who want you to make like momentous decisions very quickly. See, this is like getting a new car, right? Like you go in, they're like, oh, well, you got, you got about 10 minutes. This price is, you know, out the door. It's like, listen, this is like, this is a big decision, you know, not something that I want to be pressured into. So, and Bo is her, this is probably like the decision of all decisions she has to make. And, uh, and Zeus is like, yeah, like tick tock, like, well, what if I just say no? It seems like you really want me to do this. What if I just say no? How, how does that go? Right, and not to mention the fact that she has to cut it out. Yeah. And and the fact that she heals quickly, notwithstanding, did I mention she has to cut it out? Yeah, right. right. Then we realize she's got to make the correct choice of what implement to use uh, amongst a whole table full of knives, blades, swords, whatever, and she chooses the Anathusto dagger. And how does she choose it? I just know. Obviously, we believe her. Obviously, it was the right choice. Now, she doesn't, as it turns out, use it yet. But Right. She just got, she got a little cut. Right. Now, meanwhile, Lauren and Tamsin have Hera restrained in Iris's room as insurance that nothing happens to Bo. And we've mentioned this before. I love the scene of them together, and it, it's just so funny. I mean, you know, in, in the way that Lauren and Dyson's relationship has really tightened uh, through the last couple seasons, and they've really become fond of each other, I believe. While I don't think Lauren and Tamsin are becoming fond of each other, you know, that, that 
they both are at least accepting and realize we need to work together for the greater good. Right. And yeah, we, we saw some spots where Lauren and Tam's together and they were kind of funny together. And here it's kind of a nice little scene where Lauren really kind of says, we, we kind of need to talk about this, Tamson, you know? Well, right. But it's gotten so dark because of Tamson, right? Like, like Lauren's fine. And, and, and I think at that point, Lauren doesn't know that she and Bo are necessarily back together. Uh, I mean, Tamson certainly takes Bo's rebuff to her as that she wants Lauren, but Bo hasn't said that yet at that point. So she's still in this dark place and it's all, it almost doesn't give Lauren a chance to really talk. Right. Even though she, even though she's right in that they do need to clear the air. Right. Uh, And Tamsin's still hurt and a little petulant. And so, well, as she's, you know, talking with Zeus later, still like frustrated that someone who has lived so long and experienced so much is still, you know, liable to being hurt in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's one of those situations where it was clear Tamsin wanted to talk and Lauren realized that. And, I think she pushed her a little bit and I don't think in a negative way and, and Tamsin's response, I entered the game and I lost. That's life. The best woman won, you know? So I guess coming to grips, acknowledging this is what it is and I'm going to have to have to go on. But as we see later that uh, the emotion that she shows clearly is not something that a Valkyrie is used to showing. Right, and and even Zeus comments on that. It's like I've never seen a Valkyrie cry before, you know. So, yeah. Um, now we also learn from Lauren and Tamson that the restraints next to Iris's bed, and, and you know, let's get past the outrage that they both feel, which is obviously genuine. But they make that recognition that Hera and Zeus must fear Iris's power. So, I think of all the things we've got to consider during the hiatus is it's Iris and and what's up with her and how powerful is she and what role does she play in this, you know, coming Armageddon? Yeah. Well, I would say she has a prominent role as the, you know, that image of the world kind of crumbling away to ashes is exactly what we see when she grabs the flower and then the policeman and even with Bo with her, her hand. Yeah. Yeah. Now my second favorite line we're back to uh, you know doing the ceremony. Can we hurry up and rip this hand aid off before I change my mind? Hmm. And then watching from the side, Dyson asks Trick, "Are we really going to let this happen? Cut our girl?" And then Trick reminds him that, "Look, I saw what she saw, and the fate of the colony depends on this." Well, I think the fate of more than just the colony depends on this, right? But you know, again, go back to especially Trick. I'm surprised that he jumps to that conclusion that you know what i saw is caused by hades yeah like they they see a vision of the future but they don't know how it comes about and so you know they're making assumptions that they probably shouldn't be yeah yeah good point um well before she can actually it almost looks like she makes the first cut and then lauren and tamson come in don't do it iris is more powerful than either z or hera and then we hear that, and I had to go back and listen to it a couple times, what Z says, she's now going to have to resort to plan B. Yeah, Whatever. right, plan B. Like, wait, what's, what, yeah, yeah, yeah what's we, that? Yeah, we never really learned what plan A was. Right, but. well, both plans seemed pretty bad, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> plan A kind of sucked and didn't work out, and plan B apparently was break into Bo's house and steal the box. Right. It's like. That was a pretty crappy plan, too. Right. Now, I think at this point, we're starting to see that Z and Hera are getting a little nervous about Iris. She knows better than to remove it, uh, meaning the bracelet. And Z chastises Hera and tells him that, you know, when the super friends get back, they're going to get this show on the road, implying again that they're still planning to work with Bo, Lauren, you know, Trick, Dyson, and, and, and the others. Um, right, for the time being, at least, right? Yeah, Until the they get being. what they want, and then what, what's right. going to happen? And again, we don't know whether that's plan A or plan B, but uh, right. then Tamsin goes out on the balcony with Z, tell your friends Bo's emancipation is now or never. 
and you know you kind of mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, yeah it's always it's always good if you're the one trying to close the deal to to make it seem as if uh, it's imminent. But Tamson says she thinks Bo should make better relationship choices in general. And then uh, you know she starts vocalizing her dealing with the breakup, and and you know that's when we start to see her nearly cry. And and then she, uh, Tamson that is mentioned that whole thing about the battlefield doubt kill repeat. You'd think by my last life I'd have this figured out. Yeah, what was the doubt part though? There? Yeah, that's what I I wasn't sure. I mean, I you know the the she uh, as I understood the Valkyrie would go in and take the. Uh, you know the the dead heroes, if you will, the 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 soldiers that died honorably in battle, and and take them to Valhalla. Right. So perhaps the doubt refers to you know figuring out whether or not they deserve to go. But I think more salient than that, she says, "When do people stop hurting you?" And Z tells her they don't. That's yeah. when I started hurting them. You start hurting them, right? And and you're next zaps Tamsin with the lightning bolt and and obviously we don't know what her condition is at, at this point right well she didn't become ashes or she did not no that's true so she's got that going for her right but yeah certainly getting struck by a lightning bolt from zeus is that's that's gotta hurt it's gotta leave a mark right now we mentioned before Bo meeting up with iris in the park and you know as Mark, Lauren, Bo, and Dyson go there. They find Mark's bloody jacket. And before Lauren and Dyson can go look for Mark, you know, she tells Bo that, you know, she's in for them being a couple. Bo smiles, but, you know, like we, we said a, a little bit ago, we're not sure they both understand that they're all on, they're both on the same page, but we're pretty sure. All right. Now we're back at the doll. Bo tells Trick the vision came true. There's something else inside her. She's turning everything to nothing. And and I guess we mean iris at this point and and then all right and then uh we find out about the nicks the primordial force of evil born of chaos the chaos of the colony after the storm and lead singer of fleetwood mac there you go they were waiting for the perfect time to release it in iris and wipe us out well how do we fight it and anytime you ask a question like that tricks like you know, there was a story my mother told me once. <laughs> there's a, I got something in my book over here. Yeah, there's a toy box that can contain evil. Grandpa, I think I've got that box. And only a box made of adamantine, the yeah. ore of the ancients, could contain such evil. And then obviously Bo realizes that the box is at the clubhouse unattended. Yep. Actually, I should have added adamantium into the uh, Project X, too, because that's like uh, that's the thing that uh, Wolverine, it coats Wolverine's bones oh. in X-Men. Oh. And uh, also, we get the word adamant, yeah. which means someone is like hard-hearted and stern and unyielding because uh, adamantium is this super strong mineral that uh, you know can't be broken. Yeah. Now, Dyson tracks Mark's scent runs into Vex carrying the bloody boy. And we find out that Mark called Vex. Uh, Vex runs to get help. And, and, you know, it just struck me at that point. Is there a character who's changed more than Vex? Unfortunately, the answer is no, I think. Yeah. I'm not necessarily liking it. Yeah, just really? Because, and, and it's, it, because, because he was just, like I said, he was such a, a badass. Like, that's what I loved about him well, at can, first, you know? Well, he can um, still be a badass just working for the good side. Yeah, but it's that's no fun, uh, uh, right? Okay, good point. I quote Dark Helmet. You know, bad will always win out of, over good because good is dumb, right? <laughs> yeah, good point. So, so I, I'm, not, no, I'm not saying he has to be a bad guy. It's just he, he was a lot more compelling as a bad guy. And I don't, like, he, now that he's, he's see him as, like, vulnerable and everything like that, it's like... Uh, whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but you know, but he he has probably a like. It was cool when he broke up that fight in the doll. You know, he helped out Mark there and everything. So that was cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know about this whole. Well, see, even this one. I guess what struck me is that he, here he felt bad. He didn't get an invite, and yet here he is saving Mark. But but again, does this go back to what we saw last week's episode? Does his heart lie with Mark? Well, again, we'll have a. Well, few, we know that yeah, a few yeah. months. To speculate that. All right. We're at the clubhouse. I don't think we have to speculate that. I mean, I think that's probably, yeah, for yeah. sure. 
we yeah. know that. And and the one thing that is compelling is that how nervous he is around Mark now, like especially someone who is always had that swagger like Vex. Like now that after his experience was it last episode uh, or it was two episodes, whatever with with you know with the uh, the oracle that he thought was Mark, and now he's like all nervous and uncertain around like someone who's always had that swagger as Vex is kind of like almost like like a like a, like a school kid who's he doesn't know how to you know how to approach their their crush you know so uh, yeah. it's just kind of feel like that. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Um, well, Bo finds Z with the box and then, you know, makes that recognition that it was really all about Z finding the box and nice elbow to the face, Bo. Right. Now, her hand's still black. Bo grabs Z by the throat. Fashion and function. Black is the new get the hell out of my house. <laughs> uh, and throws her out. Now, yeah. okay. All right, so Bo's overpowered Zeus, who's now on the other side of the door. Bo's sitting with the box. And then, like you you mentioned earlier, you know, she's kind of whining on the other side of the door. And Z tells her, opening the box is going to allow your father to walk the earth. And you can reclaim your life. And well, wait a minute. Who's the power here? Yeah, that, that, exactly. Like, Zeus is supposed to be such a you know tough guy, and, and she's just on the other side of the door, basically whining. Like even goes with, "Oh, you think you're so special?" It's like really, you know, that's kind of that cliche of when the the bad guy is just kind of at the end of his rope. That's that's all they have left to say, you know. It's like, "Oh, you think you're so special?" So, yep. um, but yeah, like definitely, like uh, we we had expected Zeus to probably maybe hold up a little bit better, and not. Uh, not get kicked out of Bo's house with just an elbow to the face, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, I know we tend to parse a lot of the dialogue because, you know, because we kind of have to, to a certain degree, but Bo finally sees her father, played by Eric Roberts. Hades tells Bo that they don't have much time, there we go with that again, and have to be quick. She wants him to leave her alone. He ignores her. There are those far more wicked than I on this earth. You must stop them. Okay, so who are these? Only family can destroy the ancients. Okay, so clearly it's him against the ancients, right? So it's Hades against Zeus, right? Well, maybe. Based based on that. Right. Okay. You must stop them. Only family can destroy the ancients. Okay, so only family, only one of the Olympians, one of the, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, our power will decide the fate of this world. Okay, so that kind of goes goes back to what we've been saying, that is it perhaps an attempt to wipe everything out and start over? Okay, that that we do have the power to decide whether or not that's going to happen. You will do things you don't want to do. Lead our victory overnight. Okay, and I don't think it's overnight, like you right. know, overnight. Yeah, it's, it's got to get it's got to get done twenty four hours here. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. overnight over right. the over dark darkness, side. over yeah, over the evil. So the problem, and I love this kind of problem. We don't know who the hell the dark side is. Yeah, yeah, that's totally like at the end of this. Uh, you know, I actually wrote down my notes. You know, well, we can see that Hayes is definitely going to oppose Zeus. But who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? Who's right? Who's wrong? Yeah, we the, yeah that's that's all up in the air, right? And after all this time, Bo, you got your father now. Are you going to side with him? I mean, obviously she's been you know pulled back and forth, but we're not sure. She's not sure. So, uh, but then he says, sometimes the greatest evil is the greatest mercy. Right. Okay. It's a very paradoxical line there. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Yeah. Bo insists she needs real answers and not more riddles, which I loved. Hades claims he's given her all he can. The answer lies with you, a gift. Now, she immediately thinks that means the box. Right. But maybe not. Maybe not. Z yells from the other side of the door, you think you're special. Everything you have is because of him. Well, maybe it takes evil to fight evil. And then Z cries, you don't know what you're doing. 
and then we start i think we the first thing we hear is the, the you know the the nursery rhyme or whatever it is and she looks terrified because she knows bo is cranking the box it opens it's glowing and you know bo's looking i mean she looks something in between shocked and terrified yeah it's not a oh cool this is exactly what i was expecting type look it's a oh snap yeah so, what have i done type look so anyway um obviously we're left with wondering whether or not mark is dead right okay well, so the is dead. well uh well okay is mark dead well i mean this is his first life now the fact that he hasn't shifted i wonder will that come into play here and, and right. help him to not die uh is tamson dead i mean this was her last life right and how ironic that you know she would be killed on her last life as she's starting to kind of figure things out mark killed on his first life before he even gets a chance my guess is one of them's going to be dead i don't know which one i would say if i had to choose from the two of them who would if only one of them were to survive i would probably think maybe mark would be the one who's going to come out of it but i kind of think that they're both going to be okay well not necessarily okay but they're that they'll both live um though Tam, you know but i think things look darker for tamson no i agree i agree and, and i think the easy call would be oh no tamson's been around for you know three or four seasons she's going to be back i'm not so sure i mean right. obviously yeah. i'll be very disappointed if she's not back but uh, I think if I had to choose, I think Mark will live and Tamson will not. Yeah. Now, now, the other question is, why is Zeus seemingly lost her power when fighting over the box with Bo? I mean, if the box was what she was after, why not just zap Bo with a lightning bolt, take it and go? Well, she tried, remember? Yeah, well. And then Bo just put up the black head, just like, nah. Yeah, I guess. And then you, and then you notice when Bo grabs her by the you know, chokes her. It's with that black. So like, it seems like that part of her that seems she got from Iris makes her more powerful than Zeus. So it must be whatever that thing that's in Iris that Zeus and Hera fear so much. You know, that, that must be it. The same thing. Yeah. I guess a transfer of power. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Well, I wish we knew how long we had to wait until we get the second half of the season. But my guess is at least three months, maybe longer. Well, right. But well, oh, longer than that, I think. Right? Because didn't we say somewhere I saw fall of fifteen? What month are we in now? Oh, yeah, we're in gosh, January. Could, yeah, right. So fall right. is probably like nine months away. Wow. So all right. Well, we won't even think about it for now. But yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about this one? Um. No. Okay. I think I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was really good. I you know I I I I'm not opposed to big cliffhangers going to going into a uh, hiatus or going into you know uh, in between seasons, but I really liked the way they did this. You know, there were a lot of like mini cliffhangers. So again, I I just think it's really been a strong season so far, and man, I can't wait to see how it all ends. Yeah. Well, I was just saying what they, you know, kind of like what they always do is um, give us say, and we'll say this is like an actual season here, even though it's only quote unquote, you know, half of season five. um, That uh, you know, like they've always give us kind of like these cliffhangers at the end, where really can go. Like I think we've said at the end of almost every single season where they're going to go from here, they could pretty much go anywhere. Like it just, it kind of opens up a whole, like new rules kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No question. And that's like what Davia Archibald said in her, uh, her feedback that, that it can go anywhere. So, yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, if you'd like to send us your thoughts about the first half of lost girls season five, we'd love to hear from you on that or anything else. Emails to fatalistpodcast at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the Fatalist website. We'll be back very soon, probably a week or two, to resume our look at James Cameron's cyberpunk series Dark Angel when we'll pick up where we left off with Season 1, 
episode 13 titled Rising. But until then, Dave, you know what? After our, our last podcast, I, I thought about it for a little bit. You know what? I never felt so much nothing, complete and utter nothing. <laughs>